Good morning and happy Father's Day. That was a disorganized response, but you know, I, we, a lot of us grew up on TV dads, right? I was just thinking this week about, about how that's changed over my lifetime. I mean, we had started with Ozzie Nelson, right? And the quintessential uh, single dad was Andy Griffith, right? And now we got uh, uh, Murray Goldberg as our spokesman. <laughs> Man, that wasn't funny in the first service either. I, I think this guy's hilarious. Anyway, uh, you know, happy Father's Day. I got a few common dadisms to read. Maybe you heard your dad say this, or maybe you are a dad who says this kind of thing. Measure twice, cut once, right? You ever hear that? Let the saw do the work. Uh, don't make me stop this car. You ain't stopping it. <laughs> Money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, oh, yeah, this one's related. We were grateful to get an orange for Christmas. <laughs> okay. When I was your age, and did you ever think, <laughs> Dad, you were never my age, right? Well, how about this one? When you're age, when you're my age, then we can talk. I'm never, you were never going to be their age. There's this, it just advances, see? Do you pay the bills around here? My house, my rules. How many of you heard that one, right? Why should I pay good money for jeans that already have holes in them? <laughs> right? Were you raised in a barn? It's your house, Dad. Uh, I'm not going to tell you again. Of course he is. And then the big one, what is it? What? I bet you can guess. I will wear you out. <laughs> I, I like that, Patty. I will wear. I was thinking of go ask your mother, right? All right. Well, I know on Mother's Day, Karen had all arranged to give all the moms a carnation. Well, I'm not that cool. I don't have a coffee cup for you, dads. I don't have a fishing lure for you. So would you stick out your hand if you're dad right now? I want to shake your hand, right? <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Well, we're going to delay our continuation of the Through the Bible series this morning uh, by one week because we have a special guest I'm very excited to introduce. Pastor Christian Root is here with us today. Uh, Christian has been on the staff of Vineyard Columbus for the past seven years and most recently as their young adult pastor. And I've asked him to come and bring the word for us this morning. Please give a warm Grove City welcome to Pastor Christian Root. How are we doing? I'm going to come up a little closer to you guys if that's all right with you. I, I told the first service to please, please pray for me up here that I, I wouldn't fall off because I, I am quite clumsy. I, I shared just literally just... I think two or three days ago, I, I woke up and I, I got my cup of coffee, my, my normal morning routine, and I was walking down my basement steps, and I slipped, fell down the stairs, my hands fell up, and I poured the hot coffee on top of my head. True, true story. And, uh, you know, I woke up my wife, I woke up our, our two-year-old, it was a mess, there's coffee everywhere. And, and, you know, I, I did find out that, that spilling hot, scalding coffee on your head actually wakes you up better than, than, than drinking this stuff. So there's, there's that. I don't, I don't think that will, you know, make it into the morning routine, but it was, 
it's quite effective that morning. And so I do, I do want to watch myself out here. I, I, I'm so thankful to be with you all today. I'm, I'm so thankful to be among fellow vineyardites. I, I have such a love for the vineyard movement. I came to, to know the Lord through the vineyard movement. And, and so it's just it's good to be uh, among brothers and sisters. And it's good to be among folks of of uh, the same tribe, as it were, and I'm super grateful to Pastor Tom for, for giving me the opportunity to, to share this morning. Well, I, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going just gonna to jump in. While it's been quite warm now for the last several weeks, right, many of us are aware that, that in the coming days, on Thursday to be exact, we're going to be having the first official day of summer, June 21st. And, and if you've been around church for a while, if, if, if you've been around this church or other churches, you, you might know that typically, not always, but typically during the summer months, churches slow down a bit. They're a little bit more low-key, a little bit more laid back. And, and this is in part because summer usually brings so much change to our schedules, doesn't it? That, that suddenly our schedules are, are inundated with Little League games and fishing trips and summer camps and, and block parties. And, and because the weather is beautiful and because we have just such a myriad of options with which to distract us, it's easy if we're, we're honest for our walk with Jesus this time of year to, to become a bit, to come a get, bit sleepy, isn't it? It's easy to put our faith on, on cruise control, as it were, and just kind of coast into the fall, to coast into the fall when our schedules normalize a bit. And so today, I just want to briefly propose one means through which we can avoid the sleepiness which so often characterizes our walk with Jesus this time of year. I want us to consider three questions which can, by God's grace, help us in our desires to pursue more of him in the coming months. Not to put our faith on cruise control, but to pursue Jesus more and to seek more of his kingdom. And the three questions I'm going to ask us to consider today, they come from a little passage in the Gospel of Mark in which Jesus heals a blind man named Bartimaeus. Some of you are familiar with the story, and so that's where we're going to be camping out today. But before we open up to God's Word, I would love to, to pray with you all, and so if you, you would go to the Lord in prayer with me. Father, we thank you for the gift of, of worship pray blessing on the, the worship team. We thank you, God, that we are each healthy enough to be here. Thank you, God, for our brothers and sisters here who care for us. Thank you, God, for your spirit. And I do ask, Holy Spirit, that you would now come and you would fill me. Help me not to give my sermon, God, my points, my illustrations, God. Would you fill me and speak through me, God? You are so, so aware of my own inadequacies, God. Please help me. Please help me, Father. Would your power, would your spirit be on these words, and would it glorify you and speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. So if you have your Bible with me, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And, and if you don't have a Bible, no worries. There, there's going to be the Sky Bible behind me, and you can look at it there. This is what we read, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Here we go. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. 
When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Amen. Amen. Well, I I mentioned earlier that these these verses encourage us to ask three specific questions which can help us as we seek to pursue more of the Lord this summer. Now, Now, the first question that this passage inspires is this. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. What have you lost? What have you lost? That's our our first question. You know, Bartimaeus was quite aware of what he had lost, right? He he had lost his sight. And we, we can be rather confident that he did, in fact, lose his sight, that he wasn't born blind, because the gospel writers usually, typically, they'll specify if someone was born with a particular ailment. So we know that at some point in his life, Bartimaeus, he lost his sight. And in losing of sight, his sight, of course, he would have lost his ability to work. He would have lost his social standing in that community, and he would have lost the ability to provide for himself. And while some of us here might say, you know, I've never lost anything as significant as, as my sight. You know, the reality is, is that we lose things that are dear to us all of the time, don't we? You know, some of us here today might say, you know, if I'm honest, I, I have lost, I have lost my hope. That, that you've just been in a season of, of, of unanswered prayer after unanswered prayer. And, and maybe you're, you're, just in deal, you're just dealing with more unforeseen difficulties than, than you can count. And, and so there's part of you that just doesn't even want to muster up the strength to have hope anymore. But because you're, you're, you're worried about getting disappointed because you don't want to get burned again, because you don't want to get your hopes up again only to be, only to be cut down yet again. You've lost your hope. Maybe that's where you're at today. Some of us might say today that, you, that we've lost our vision, just lost your vision for life, that there was a time in your life where you might have been able to say, you know what, this is, this is why I feel like I was put on this earth. This is my calling, and yet you're just in a space where not really sure what you're supposed to be doing. You've lost all sense of direction. There's no vision that's propelling you forward into the future. There's no vision. There's no target that you're running after. So you're just kind of reacting to life as it happens. There's no vision for your life. Some of us here might say that, that we've lost our peace. Just lost your peace. That you never anticipated having to, to walk with with so much anxiety, that, that anxiety just feels like a, a regular companion of yours. You never anticipated you would have to deal with this much stress, this much worry or fear. You just lost your peace. Anxiety has just become the norm for you. And, and, and for some of us, and, and this, is, this is a bit of a harder one, some of us might say that, that if, if we're honest, that we've lost some of our, our passion, some of our, our excitement for, for the Lord, for Jesus. 
that, that perhaps there was a time in your life where, where you were just so excited to come to a place like this and, and worship with brothers and sisters. That there was just an anticipation, that there was an excitement there of a, a sense of privilege, whether it was at this church or another church, that I get to go and I get to worship Jesus. So, so much of a sense of anticipation, of excitement. What's the Lord going to do? Or, or maybe you remember a time in your life where you, where you were just so excited to wake up early and, and actually crack open the Bible and, and read it for yourself. And this, this sense of, I, I get to come and, and read the very words of God that are alive and that are active just brought you such a sense of joy and of privilege. And maybe you still hit your snooze button a couple times, but you were there and you were up, and maybe you even had your highlighters out. You, you would, you know, highlight verses. You had your different colors for different types of verses, or maybe you scribbled furiously in the margins. Such a privilege to, to be in God's Word. And maybe you're at a spot now where it's not like you've walked away from the Lord, right? It's not like you've turned your back on Jesus, but if you're honest, now you're just, you're just kind of showing up, Right? You're just kind of here, that that's the win. Can I, can I just get there? Just get to church? Or, or maybe the win for you now is, can I, can I flip open the Bible every once in a while for a few minutes of pretty disinterested reading? And, and if that's where you're at right now, like this is so important. I want you to hear this from me. You need to know that your Father in Heaven is so in love with you, that, that He hasn't stopped pursuing you, that He hasn't stopped running after you, that there's a still a, a calling on your life that, that he treats you with such care and intentionality. This isn't a surprise to your father. He's not, he's not thrown off by this season in your life. And, and you need to know that this church, this is a safe place to not have it all together, to be in process, to be figuring it out. But, but for some of us today, perhaps the Lord is highlighting the fact that, that some of that, that initial vigor and life and vitality that accompanied our walk with Jesus has just, it's just begun to wane just a bit. And, and perhaps this morning, this season, this coming summer might, might be a time where God is calling you back into just a, a fresh sprint and a fresh pursuit of, of Jesus. And, and you know, the, the dangerous aspect of, of many types of loss, guys, is that it, it just happens gradually over, over time so that we don't even, don't even realize it, right? I, I, I remember when I was a, a young kid, probably eight or ten, I went up uh, to Lake Erie with, with my family. That was about as exotic as our vacations got when I was growing up, the sandy beach of Lake Erie. But... Uh, I remember I was eight or ten, and so I immediately, you know, I just ran into the water. I had my football with me, and I remember throwing it up for, you know, in the air, catching it for a half hour, 45 minutes, and eventually I looked, I looked at the beach, and my family was completely missing. They were gone. And so for 30 panic-stricken seconds, I'm looking around. I'm scanning the beach. Where's my family? Where's my parents? And, and so I, I rush out of the water, and, and I look, and I realize that about 50 yards down the beach, there, there my family was. And as I, I took off after my family, I, I began to, to suddenly realize that, that my family hadn't moved at all. That slowly, over time, over that 30-minute, 45-minute period, without realizing it, I just begun to drift with the water a little bit farther away, a little bit farther away. And, and that's where you might be right now. 
You might take a look at your surroundings right now and say, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I lose my integrity so that my word just doesn't really, doesn't really matter much? How did I lose my passion to serve? How did I lose my joy? And so as we enter into these, these sleepy summer months, one of the ways that we can press in and pursue more of the Lord is by asking him, what have I lost? What, what have I lost? Maybe due to no fault of my own. What have I lost, Lord? And, and what do you want to restore in me in this next season? You know, I, I understand this isn't part of my notes, but we're just going to go with it. I understand that some of us have lost things that just can't be returned, right? And, and, and certainly on a day like Father's Day, that, that is... That is something that some of us are just acutely aware of. But, but there's other things in our life that, that maybe we've lost that the Lord wants us to know that he still has that for us. He still has joy for us. He still has hope for us. He still has a calling for us. What needs to be restored in me? That's our first question. Secondly, the story of Bartimaeus, it inspires the question, what's holding me back? What's holding me back? Let's read verse 48 again. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, Bartimaeus, he was held back by others in the crowd. He was told to sit down, to be quiet, to shut up. He, he wasn't ushered into the presence of Jesus. He was boxed out. He was, he was muffled. Sit down. That's how he was treated. And so a question that we can bring to the Lord this summer as we seek to pursue more of him in the coming months is this. What's holding me back? What are the areas, the habits, the people in my life that are holding me back and are ultimately just creating distance between me and Jesus? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to us and we ask him to give us the grace to, to actually surrender them to him. And what you'll find as you take this question to the Lord, what's holding me back, is, is that not all of the things that hold us back are, are inherently sinful. Sometimes God asks us to stop pursuing a hobby or a habit or a practice simply because he just wants more, more of you. He wants more of you. He wants more of me than the meaningless distractions and the diversions that just so often preoccupy our time, our attention. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it's just one of, my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and this is what it says. I get a little fired up reading this, so bear with me. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That's part of Hebrews 12, 1. And, and it's important to note, let me, let me step back for a second. You know that word hinders, in the Greek, it, it's actually the, the literal word for weight, of weight. So the, the writer of Hebrews is saying here, let us throw off every weight. Let us throw off everything that's just weighing us down as we seek to pursue and run after Jesus. I, I just love that. What, what are the weights in my life, in your life? And it's important to note that in this verse, the writer of Hebrews distinguishes between sin on the one hand and those things that hinder, those weights on the other. We're told in this verse again that there are some things in our lives that aren't necessarily sinful, but yet they're a hindrance. 
They're a distraction. They pull us away from Jesus. They monopolize our time and our attention. And for many of us, if we're honest, one of our biggest hindrances is this little phone, isn't it? This, this little guy. One of our biggest distractions is, is our little devices, our phone, our iPad or tablet, our computer. Maybe, maybe that's just me. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm from a little farther north, you know, and around here, Morse Road. So I, I don't know if this is a struggle for you guys down, down in southwest Columbus, but, but from where, you know, where I'm from, th- these things actually seem to just beckon us constantly so that every time we have a free second, every time, you know, our spouse is in the restroom and we're out to, to eat or every time we're sitting in a waiting room to see the dentist, this thing just seems to call me and say, open me, open me, see if you have anything worth looking at. I, I shared earlier, and, and Tom shared as well, that, that uh, for the past few years, I, I've been the, the young adult pastor at, at Vineyard Columbus, and, and one of the things that I, I've just tried to, to impress upon those who've been under my pastoral care for the past few years is this, that as 20-somethings, as they get older, their, their windows of free time are just going to continue to get smaller and smaller. That, that as they graduate college or as they, they enter into the workforce for the, full time, for the first time, they're, they're going to they're gonna find that their free time is going to shrink down sizably. And then if, if they're able to meet someone, if that God has that for them, it's not a given, but if they meet someone and, and get married, their, their free time is going to shrink down sizably. And then if they're, they're fortunate enough to actually have kids, then, then their, their free time is going to shrink down even more. And so what I regularly try to impress upon the 20-somethings is, is this, that if, if they're not strategic, if they don't have some type of strategy, some type of plan about how they're going to relate to their little devices, how they're going to relate to Netflix and Instagram and, and Facebook and the like, that, that slowly these devices, these mediums of entertainment are just going to eat away at the little moments of free time that they have. Going to eat away at their, their availability to pray, to worship, to, to read their word. Now, I, I'm quite aware of the fact that, that some of you here, you, you, just, you don't even own a smartphone, right? And, and, and you know, you're still banging away at your typewriter at home. And, and praise God for that. And you're probably feeling pretty good right now and probably thinking about the people in your life that you wish were here so they could hear this point because they're always in front of a screen. And, and praise God for that. But for the rest of us, certainly for myself, I, I again, would just, just offer this word. Do you have a strategy in place regarding how you're going to relate to the devices in your life? Have you thought intentionally about that? Is there any type of accountability, any rails in place so that you know this is how much time I want to spend on my phone in a given day or this is how much Netflix I want to watch in a given week or how much news I want to take in on a given day? Because if if, if not, I I would just again say that that over time, that those devices, those those mediums of entertainment, they're they're going to eat away, chip away, at, at your, your free time, and ultimately and tragically, they're, they're going to eat away your affections for Jesus. It's just not going to be space there 
anymore. And, and, and listen, again, I'm, I'm not sharing this as someone who's anti technology. I'm sharing this as someone who's, who's wrestling through this myself. This is extremely relevant for me and my family. It's one of the easiest sermon points I, I've ever had to write because it's just so relevant for my life. You know, I, I didn't share this the first service, but I actually own a, an Apple Watch, and I didn't wear it today because I thought that I would be judged for wearing a, an Apple Watch while I talked about disconnecting. And so... That's just, a, just one confession that I needed to make. But, you know, in, in all seriousness, and, and I, I really want you guys to, to hear me on this. If you, you're going to take away one thing from this message, let, let it be this. You know, one of the most sobering but important realizations that we can come to in life is that what's holding us back in our pursuit of Jesus is not our spouse, it's not our kids, it's not our parents, it's not, not our health, it's not our job, it's not our church. What's holding us back is ourselves. And, and so, again, let us be people this summer who are willing to ask Jesus, what's holding me back? What's holding me back? If there's a blind spot in my life, God, would you just reveal it to me? What are those practices or those routines that just need to be thrown off because they're a weight they're a hindrance, and they're keeping me from pursuing what is truly life-giving. They're, they're keeping me from pursuing you, Jesus. Lastly, and, and, then, and then I promise I'm done, the, the story of, of Bartimaeus, it inspires the question, what do you want? What do you want? That's our, our third point today. What do you want? Let's read verses 49 through 52 again. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Let's see if I can do this. Okay. There we go. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know, it's fascinating that Jesus asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? I, I mean, it's, it's fascinating because it would have been a bit obvious to everyone standing around, right? I mean, this man is blind. And, and so why did Jesus ask Bartimaeus to share what was so obvious? Well, well here's one reason why. Jesus isn't simply interested in giving us what other people think we need. Do you know that? He's not interested just in giving you what other people think you need. He wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear it from us. And so this summer, as we seek to pursue more of Jesus, we need to be willing to come before him and say, Jesus, this is what I want. Now, now we do that with all humility, of course. We don't presume to know the will of God. We don't presume to know what is best. I, I've had countless times in my life where I, I prayed fervently for something only to realize at the end of that, that season that, that, man, that would have been disastrous if that prayer had been answered, right? Have you ever been there where you've been thanking God for, for not answering a particular prayer, for not answering a particular desire? So we, we hold these things loosely and we do this with humility. But, but in order to be transparent before our Father who loves us, we come before him and we say, look, here's my life. This is what I really want. Perhaps for, for some of us 
today you would say, you know what I, I really want? I, I want to be physically healed. Just so tired of dealing with this pain. I'm so tired of dealing with this illness. God, would you heal me? Would you heal me? Some of us might say that what I really want is boldness to share the gospel with my friends and with my coworkers. That, that every time you, you, you've been praying about it and you have this window of opportunity to talk about Jesus at work, it just seems like you, you shrivel up. You just shrink back. You've been praying, and here's the opening, and you can talk about Jesus, and you shrink back. Many of us have been there. And so some of us might say, you know what I really want? I want boldness and courage so that I can talk to my coworkers, my friends, uh, about Jesus. Some of us might say, you know what I really want? I want to be freed from anger. That You just feel like a ticking time bomb where, where you just blow up unnecessarily on your spouse or on your kids, or on your mom. You know, some of you today on the way to church might have just been blowing up at your kids, and you, and you would say before the Father, you know what I, I really want? I want to be freed from this anger, and I'm tired of reading self-help books, and I'm try, tired of trying different techniques. I, 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 need, I need more of the Holy Spirit to help me, to change me, to make me more like Jesus. And you know, some of us might say today that, that what I really want, what I really, really want is to know the love of the Father. That, that you might say, I, I understand theologically that the Father loves me so much that he sent his son to die in my place. I, I understand that, that the Father sent Jesus to receive the punishment that I justly deserve because of my sins and transgressions. And I understand that, you know, Theologically, I understand that cerebrally, but I, I, I want to I wanna experience that. I, I want to know that I know that I'm loved by God. And, and maybe you have friends who have these amazing stories of ways in which the, the presence of God came and met them and, and revealed to them his love, where it became real to them, where it became tangible to them, life-transforming for them. And you're thankful for those stories, but, but you might be at a place where you're saying, I, I want that for myself. That I want to know that despite all of my junk, despite all of my duplicity, that I have a Father in heaven who loves me and cares for me and actually likes me. Tired of just coming and sitting in the back and then leaving early. I, I want an experience of the Father on this Father's Day. That, that might be your prayer, and that might be something God is inviting you to to begin praying in the next few months. Because when we begin to pray for what we want, we don't simply pray for these desires once, do we? We, we continually take these things to the Father over and over and over again. We, we don't have time to look at the passages today, but it's significant that that so often when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, that so often when Jesus gathered his disciples around and said, look, I, I want to teach you how to pray. You want to know how to pray? Here's how to pray. So often when Jesus gathered his disciples together, the, the theme of his teaching on prayer was on perseverance. Keeping praying, keeping praying, keeping praying. He says, you want to know how to pray? You ask and you seek and you knock. You want to know what it looks like to pray? Here's the story of a persistent widow who kept knocking at the judge's door. Kept knocking at the judge's door. It's just one of the, the key themes when Jesus says, here's what it looks like to pray. And when Bartimaeus, 
I, I love our boy Bartimaeus because when he was told to sit down, when he was told to be quiet, he just continued to call out to Jesus. Just continued to cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. I didn't share this at the first service. This is just a, a, a freebie. But that, that word in the Greek where, where it says that he called out or cried out, it's the same word used when those who were, were suffering from demon possession cried out. That's the type of just guttural cry that he's crying at the top of his lungs. Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And maybe this is a season, church, in which God is calling us to cry out to him. Son of David, have mercy on me. Would you have mercy on me? And listen, and I will end here, but... Perhaps what you really want today is the gift of faith. You really want the gift of faith. That, that maybe you've been coming around the church for a while and people, people know you, you're a known commodity. Maybe if you've got some kids, they're really involved here at the church. But, but if you're really honest, you've never articulated this to others perhaps, but you, at bottom, you, just, you have some real doubt. You have some real questions and confusion about about the Bible or about Jesus or about if, whether or not all of this is actually true. And, and, and you know, as, as you're aware, we're not promised the side of eternity to have all of our questions answered. And, and certainly faith is always taking a, a step out into the, the unknown. But perhaps you would be saying, you know what I really, really desire? I, I want the gift of faith. I, I want to truly believe that Jesus came and died for me, that, that the Bible truly is the word of God. I, I want to truly know that, that if I died, that I would spend eternity with Jesus. You want the gift of faith. And I would encourage you over the coming weeks to, to begin to pray that prayer. Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me? Would, would you give me the gift of faith? And, and perhaps there's others of you that this is your first time here and you came with a friend and you, you thought you guys were going out for brunch and then you showed up and you're at a church and, and all of this is a bit overwhelming for you. I, I did not grow up in the church. I did not grow up a follower of Jesus despite the fact that my name is Christian, which I know is, is ironic. I think it was a bit of a setup there, but I, I know what it's like. I remember being 20 years old and coming to a church service like this and be just being absolutely overwhelmed, just not knowing what to, to think of any of this. And, and I, I understand this is overwhelming, and you've probably got lots of questions, and, and you're not really sure what, what to believe right now. And, and so my, my advice to you would be to just keep coming back and keep asking questions, and that perhaps over the coming weeks you might make this your prayer, that you would say, God, I, if any of this is true... If any of what that short, blonde-haired guy with the red face was saying is true, then would you, would you reveal yourself to me? Would you, would you help me to come to meet you, Jesus? If this is true, if any of it's true, I want in on it. I want in on it. And so, God, give me the gift of faith. Help me to know that you're real. What is it that you want today? What is it that you want today, church? What, what is it you want for yourself? What is it that you want for, for this community, for Grove City, for Central Ohio? What do, what do you want? What do you want for this church? What are the, the desires, the prayers you have for, 
for this place. Let us bring those things to God in the coming months, in this coming summer season and beyond. So, so just to, to recap, how can we seek more of the Lord during these next few sleepy summer months? We, we can start by asking three questions. Well, what have we lost? What needs to be restored in us? What's holding us back? What are the weights, the hindrances that just need to fall off of us? And, and then what do we want? What are the desires that God is asking us to press into and, and continue to, to take before him? Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Well, why don't we stand? I'm going to invite the, the worship team back up. And, and, and today, before I, I close, I, I did want to create some space for, for some of us to respond to the word today. You know, that one of the things I, I love about the Vineyard Movement is that often we create space on the back end of our services for us, not just to hear the word, but to respond to to perhaps what the Lord has been doing in our hearts. And I, I just have faith today that, that God has been speaking to, to many of you, not, not because of any eloquence on, on, on my part, but simply because I believe that when we open up God's word and, and we preach it, that, that hearts begin to, to interact with God's word. And, and so I, I do believe that there are some of you who, who need to respond, that, that God has, has highlighted something today. And, you know, if you have a prayer need for anything, we want to pray for you. It's free, I, I promise. And, and, and so I just encourage you, if you, you have a prayer need in your life, well, why, not, why not receive prayer? But, but there's three groups in particular that I, I, would, I would just love to, to come forward today to, to respond. And, and it's really simple. It just lines up with our three points today. That, that some of you, as I talked about, what have you lost? That that just really resonated with you. It just became really clear that, 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 you, that you've lost something. That there's something that needs to be restored in your life. And, and if, if that's where you're at, we want to pray for you. We, we want to bring that before the Lord with you. And, and, and secondly, our, our second point is what's holding you back. And, and for some of us, you know, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to wait silently on the Lord for 10 minutes to try to figure this out. You're aware that there's just an habitual pattern in your life that's just really been, been creating distance between you and Jesus. And so if that's where you're at, we, we want to pray for that. We're not going to give you a counseling session up here. We just want to bring that particular issue before the Father with you, to ask him to give you the strength to, to finally move past it. Because my guess is, if you could just do it in your own strength, you probably would have given it up a long time ago. And, and so maybe, maybe there's a, a sin pattern in your life that you need to confess and ask for, for freedom from. Or maybe, maybe God revealed a blind spot today, a, a person, a habit, a routine in your life that just ultimately, you know, maybe not sinful, but just... It's a weight. It's a weight, and, and Jesus is asking you to respond. And, and then lastly, you know, we talked about what do, what do you want? And so there might be some of us here that you've been praying for something for months or years with just seemingly little, 
little effect. And, and if that's you, we want to come alongside you. We want to we pray to our Father that he would create an open door, that he would intervene. And if this isn't his plan for your life, that he would give wisdom and direction as to what you are, in fact, called to pursue. And so maybe that's where you're at. You just need the strength to continue to press in, to press in, to press in. And so if you're on, on one of our, our prayer teams, if, if you've been trained to pray in any way, if you're a leader here at the church or have been trained, well, why don't you begin to head to the wings now? We want to make sure that, that everyone who wants prayer can, can receive prayer. And over the course of this next worship song, I just encourage you, if any of this resonated with you, why not come forward? And just here's, you know, a quick tip for whatever it's worth. If you, if you feel like you're on the fence about whether or not you should come forward, why not just come forward? You know, it's free again, and, and you're going to get to crack a barrel at the same time anyway. And so why not, why not come and respond to what God's doing? So you can begin coming now over the course of this next song. And for the rest of us, let's, let's worship our King.